Welcome to the Christian Education Podcast. My name is Paul Matthews, and I've got the real joy of bringing you this discussion with Dave Yule. Dave was a teacher and the director of ICT at Covenant Christian School, and now he's running his own IT consultancy where he helps schools with their IT leadership, their strategy, and their worldview integration. Today, we're going to talk about ChatGPT and about AI more broadly. I'm convinced, I'm absolutely convinced, AI will be one of the defining issues of our day. It's big now and it's only getting bigger. I was at a conference on AI in education and one of the big quotes that stood out to me was that the AI students are using now is the worst version they will ever use. It's only going to get more powerful and further reaching from here. As we navigate these complex times, I'm glad of Christians like Dave who are dedicated to loving Jesus with not only all of their heart, but with all of their mind too, and to help the rest of us think about these complex issues. If after you've listened to this conversation, you wanna know more about AI or ChatGPT, I've got two resources for you in the show notes. The first is a blog Dave wrote, it's great, and I commend it to you. I've linked it right there. The second is something I'm pretty excited about. I recently published a short ebook on how to get started with ChatGPT. It's yours and it's absolutely free, my gift to you. I've included the link in the show notes for you and I'd love you to have a look at that. As always, know that we prayed for you. We prayed that you might be able to think clearly about these complex issues and honour Christ in the way that you use all the gifts God has given you, including digital technology. Well, Dave Yule, welcome to the Christian Education Podcast. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Now, from what I understand, you've been edu- an educator for some time. However, you've recently gone out on your own and started an IT consultancy. Can you tell us a little bit about the business that you've started? Yeah, so I started Navigate Education. It's, it's actually coming up for five years ago now, which has happened um, very, very quickly. Um, I started it in 2018 with a desire to help some of our, our smaller Christian schools in particular um, think about the way they do um, IT in education um, from a more strategic perspective. So, you know, a lot of our smaller schools, you know, they might have an IT manager who is flat out keeping the lights on, um, really busy, um, really doing some great things, but they might not have that much time or opportunity to think that strategically about what they're doing, um, to think about the big picture, about the the why are we doing this stuff? Um, how does the the IT that we're we're putting in place interact with what's actually ha- actually happening in the classroom on a practical basis? Uh, so so that's where my passion comes in. I'm a, I'm a classroom teacher. I've been teaching for well wow well over twenty years now. Uh, and so I, I love being able to, to bring that, that education side into to joining up with the, the IT and the, the technology in the schools, all under the umbrella, of course, of, of a biblical foundation of what does technology mean, what, where does it come from, how do we respond to it, and all of those sorts of things. And that's going to be central out to our discussion today, isn't it? Uh, understanding technology biblically, understanding it under the lordship of Christ. And of course, I've been on your website, Navigate Education Services, and you've got that every square inch, Abraham Kuyper quote there. And of course, as schools, we're well-versed in that idea that every domain of human existence is actually under the lordship of the risen and reigning 
Jesus Christ. Although in reality, we can almost have a two-speed system, can't we? We have our teachers, our educators, and then we've got other people like IT staff, ground staff, reception staff, and we can subtly fall into the trap of thinking, well, how could they possibly do their job in a way that's biblically informed? I mean, I plug in a USB mouse the same way as an unbeliever would. So mm. if there's a small school out there and they're flat out, their IT guy is going hammer and tong, as you said, just making sure everything's up and running. What kind of benefit would you expect to be able to give them with your services? What, how could they have their uh, framework for IT and their use of IT improved by getting someone like yourself to really bring that biblical foundation and basis? Yeah, I think one of the most important things in that space is that the the IT team and alongside any of the support teams in, in our schools understand that they actually have a significant part to play in the teaching and learning process. Um, they're not uh, you know just IT staff. They're not just administration staff. They're not just you know maintenance, ground staff, whatever they are. They, they have a really important part to play in the, the teaching and learning process of, of our kids uh, because they have some, some really unique skills. And, and oftentimes our kids don't get to see what it's like to actually play out in, in real life, um, in air quotes, which our people playing along at home can't actually see me doing the air quotes. <laughs> um, but they, they, they don't get to see often what this thing that we're trying to teach them about how to let um, their faith impact and interact with and intersect with all areas of their life they they, they hear teachers talk about it and and do some some great things give some practical examples and all of that sort of stuff that our schools are, are, are great at um, but having a, a, an IT team who who understands their place in that and really understands how they are, I guess, um, embedded in the, the teaching and learning function of the school, how their role um, is driven and guided by the, the vision and mission of the school, for example, um, and then how that plays out into strategy. What are we actually doing um, as an IT team to, to make that happen? So, so when I work with schools, I one of the, the most common things that, that I'll do with an IT team is develop an IT strategic plan. Um, I think that's great fun. Um, lots of people roll their eyes at me when I when I say that, and that's, that's okay. Um, but developing that strategic plan is a really important thing to do, but even more so, it's important to make sure that it's couched in the the vision and mission of the school and in those those foundational documents that all of our schools have that live somewhere in the in the dim dark realms of the website or or they might be on a, on a shelf somewhere we, we need to make sure that those documents are informing what we do in all areas of the school um, in in my world that that comes into into it the Christian Education Podcast is brought to you by Teaching in Tassie. At Christian Education National Schools in Tassie, you can make a difference. You have the freedom to express your faith and values, of course, with Jesus right at the centre. Tasmania's beautiful environment has space to breathe. We have amazing food and wine, wilderness to explore. There's an adventure right on your doorstep. There are endless opportunities. I've got to tell you, it's almost perfect. 
To sign up or learn more, visit teachingintassie.com.au and you'll be the first to know when there's a career available. Who knows? It may just have your name on it. Let's get back to the discussion. Beautiful. And we're going to be talking about information technology. We're going to be talking about digital technologies broadly and more specifically AI. Of course, we first had our preliminary discussions after I'd released an episode of the podcast on AI and ChatGPT. And you had some really interesting things to add to that discussion. So we're going to be talking about that today. Now, there are many Christians, Dave, and they've been caught on the hop when it comes to artificial intelligence, because what they realize is they don't really have a framework for understanding technology at all. In fact, we find many Christians, they view digital technology with an air of suspicion, the whole lot of it. And they might be thinking back, I mean, they might use it every day, but they might feel guilty about it. They may think it's not in line with God's will as they think back and they're going, well, God didn't put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with an iPhone and a Wi-Fi connection. Right, we had a completely natural. There was an Apple logo. There was an Apple. Apple. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever noticed how the Apple logo has the bite out of the top of it? Yeah. You know, did you know that the, the the bite out of the Apple actually matches the stem of the the Apple itself? I see. I see. Well, there's some intricate nuances there. I wonder if it is a callback to the original sin. However, I think perhaps not the 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 slightly bitten apple. Um, but they, but they, we're thinking. Look, there's no tech back there. God could have given it to them, and He didn't. So why shouldn't we then, as Bible believing Christians, simply seek to go back to Eden and ditch the technology altogether? It sounds nice sometimes when you say it like that, doesn't it? <laughs> It'd be nice sometimes to just put it all out of our minds and, gee, what a simple existence we, we could lead. Um, but I think I think that whilst, you, you know, you, you're exactly correct, that God didn't directly provide the, the technology, um, but when we have a look through the the story of Genesis, the, the creation story that that we all know so well, it's it's important to start there and to understand that as God's going through that creation process, he, he declared that creation was good um, on, you know, it, it, almost each day and it was good and it was good and it was very good. Mm. Um, and so his creation that we know it is, is a good thing. Um, but then when we jump into um, Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 8, where Moses is um, leading the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, He says this in um, Deuteronomy 8, verse 6. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. And this is the clincher, a land where rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Mm. Now, if, if we dwell on that for a moment and think about the context, you think, well, what What's the point? It all sounds really good and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil. It's, it sounds great. But then he talks about iron and copper, you know. And so we've got to ask ourselves, well, what's the point of him telling us 
about iron and copper. And I, I think that the idea behind that is obviously they're going to use the iron and copper to develop tools, um, those tools that can be used to, to till and, and cultivate the land and, and do a bunch of good things and to help them um, in, their, in their work. Um, that's often referred to as, as our cultural mandate, that mandate which can then be extended beyond, obviously, the, the copper and the iron. Um, and funnily enough, we still use a lot of copper today in our, in our digital technology world. Um, but it, it's moving forward to unpack that latent potential in creation. He's given us that mandate to say, look, there's all of these good things, starting with the iron and copper and then moving forward. How are you going to use them? Now, that's the, that's the fun part. That's the, that's the nice part. We all know that, that in a sinful world, um, because of the fall, because of the, the result of eating that apple um, in the garden, uh, we don't always use these these tools, and these tools aren't always un, unpacked and developed in a way that's that's congruent with what God would want us to do. Of course. Um, so, so yeah, to those people, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come and join you in that in that garden with with no digital technologies many times, but but I don't think that's necessarily a, a helpful and and fruitful response for us. I wholeheartedly agree, and for what it's worth, Dave, I would not like to join those people in the garden. Maybe I would until I got a toothache, and then all of a sudden I'd be pretty eager to get some technology around me. And yep. I like the fact that you mentioned the cultural mandate. Other schools of theological thought have called that the dominion mandate. That's calling all the way back to the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1.28. I talk about this verse all the time when I'm teaching geography. But God says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth um, and subdue it and have dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and everything. Now, it's really interesting uh, that God, if if you bring this perspective back in, God is talking to two naked individuals they're about a day and a half old or something like that and what's he saying he's saying take over the whole world that's some responsibility isn't it it's staggering isn't it dave it's staggering the level of off you go exactly and you don't have the car and you don't really have the keys but what you've got is as you said so rightly you've got this latent potential so Mm. god has actually infuse the world with these things that we can use. Think about it. If God wants us to have dominion over the fish of the sea, we're going to need a boat. We're probably going to need a fishing rod. We're probably going to need a plane to have dominion over the birds of the air. That's right. The very second Adam took a stick and knocked off a piece of fruit, he was making a tool. That's technology. That's right. Uh, The the second he used a stick to get the bit of fruit off the high branch, that's technology. And there is a straight line that can be drawn between that and and the complex information technology systems that we use today. One author has said that actually when we use technology and when we create technology, we're not escaping from our humanity. We're actually exhibiting our humanity. God made us as tool makers. Um, Mm. We we need to use tools to do the things that he's called us to do, namely to fill and have dominion over the earth. So you're right. I don't think it's necessarily a faithful response to just say let's let's get it out of here actually technology is part of god's plan for humanity so we've established that but then there are still some really big question marks about artificial intelligence some people 
are just busy running around lighting their hair on fire, completely unsure of what to do here. Say you had one minute with every Christian educator in Australia, right? You had them for one minute, you got their full attention. What do you really want them to know about ChatGPT? Okay, well, that's 60 seconds. Um, I'm going I'm to use it to, to talk about two things. Um, first thing, I'm, I want them to know that this can be a, a really, really helpful tool for their own professional practice. Um, and I'm going to point them back to back to your podcast with Jacob Skoka earlier on as a bit of a time-saving tool to buy myself some extra seconds <laughs> to, to talk about the, the second thing. And that that would be to, to say to them, look, from a, a, a teaching perspective, when you, when you get into your classroom, don't be afraid of it. Don't see it as something to fear. Um, could it cause some some challenges? It, yeah, pro- probably, and it, and it probably will. Um, but but so did Pokemon's. Um, sure. You know we've we've come through and we we've overcome so many challenges. You know, COVID nineteen is a, a, a massive example of of teachers doing amazing things um, because those things that they needed to do that pushed them out of their comfort zone were, were necessarily f- for the benefit of their students. Um, and so I'd say to them, whilst we're not in a global pandemic right now, um, jump in there, have a look, dig around and and learn about it. There's so many resources online that can, can help you use it well in the classroom so that your your students might have a, a healthy understanding of it, um, driven by by your guidance, um, and they're they're able to use it in in an effective way. Um, now I know I'm I'm using more than my sixty seconds now, but I'm, I'm going to go on um, and say that you know teachers will often think there's this whole digital natives and digital immigrants. Um, ideology that if if you are you know born probably sometime after 1995 or something like that you're you're what we call a a digital native um and because you were born into that time of of the internet compared to us old dinosaurs which were born um before then um Mm. and we we came into uh, we immigrated into the world of of digital technology um i'm not a, a real fan of of that um that you know dissection of of um ideals around digital technology because i think what what often happens with with teachers who are now you know now we've got plenty of digital native teachers but but for for those of us who who are digital immigrants in some ways it gives us that excuse to say oh well i'm a digital immigrant I, i don't have a lot to offer here um, of course, I, I yeah. Don't know, but I don't think that's true. Um, you know, we've our, we develop wisdom over a, a long period of time, and as those potentially more mature teachers, we can use the the wisdom that we have around how the world works, who we are created as. Um, to help our students understand those things in a, in a different way 
to how they might as pure digital natives who, you know, in reality, our students know how to do what they know how to do, but they don't know a whole lot more than that really for the most part. And so there's there's a massive responsibility there, I think, for teachers to use their wisdom and to, to get alongside students as they're using digital technologies. Of course. And I've heard that particular dichotomy before, the natives and the immigrants, For starters, if I were to have my cynical hat on, Dave, I'd say teachers are excellent at exhibiting qualities that they really discourage in their students, aren't they? That's just classic fixed mindset stuff. Oh, I can't wrap my head around this. It's it's not my generation. I don't get it. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's what people say about maths and we chastise them for it. Of course, you can learn. You can learn anything. Just apply yourself. So we wouldn't want to be caught doing the very thing we're trying to dissuade students from doing either. But you're exactly right. There's There's plenty of good resources for teachers to use there's uh, you go on you can go on youtube there are plenty of podcasts this thing is not going away you said it's not a pandemic it probably is a revolution a lot of people are talking about this as the ai revolution and it's going to leave things uh, it's not going to leave things the same so there's the old saying you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and you don't do any good to mix metaphors, to bury your head in the sand then, do you? It's not going to go away if you just stop thinking about it. So we actually need to be on the forefront of understanding it because there are going to be big questions from our students. They're the ones who are actually thinking about, well, how am I going to get a job in the marketplace of the future where I'm trying to be a visual artist or I'm trying to be a singer-songwriter? What on earth is happening here? There's a major tectonic shift that no one else has ever had to face before and that really looks like it could be taking money out of their pockets. So we want to, not just so we can implement it wisely in our classroom, but so we can pastorally care for our students. We want to have our head wrapped around ChatGPT. Tell me this, Dave, have you spent much time actually using ChatGPT yourself? Yeah, I've, I've spent a, a reasonable amount of time using it um, and digging into it. When it was um, first a, a thing earlier, it seems like so long ago now, but earlier this year, I, I spent some time playing with it and I was um, on a chat with a, a friend of mine who's a, a you know, general manager in, in a company at the same time and I, I played around with a few things um, from his perspective thinking, okay, I'm, I'm his marketing department and I, I sent the, the output to him uh, and he was blown away about, I said, you know, you need to get your marketing department onto this because some of the, the things that were there and, and you know, that's just a, a small example of, of in, the, in the real world, they're really starting to engage with it. And I've actually seen some of their um, Facebook posts um, subsequent to that, thinking, oh, I reckon AI might have had a hand in writing I those. I see, I see. Um, it's, it's really interesting to see. And, and, you know, that's the sort of thing too that, you know, jumping, I guess, into a, a bit more of a, a practical um, application is, you know, we can get our students to do a whole bunch of things um, with the AI, including, you know, looking at different pieces of text that are, that are generated and have the students uh, can you identify what's come from AI and what hasn't? You know, can you can you critique? And there's a whole bunch of things that that we can we can do from a practical perspective um, that that helps our students a understand it, but also develops their understanding of of whatever the the content material they're working with is. And so, as we try to think about our interaction and engagement with artificial intelligence, uh, Christianly. Well, one of the things we want to do is try and find a biblical category to put technology in. 
Now, a lot of people, as I said, want to say it's a natural evil. And you've got people on the complete other end of the spectrum. And what, are they, they're, what they're saying is it's fantastic. We can't get enough of it. I, uh, I will adopt everything as early as I possibly can. You know, I'll, I'll live in a cardboard box as long as I have the latest Apple Watch on my wrist. There are those sorts of people as well. Yeah. A common understanding within the Christian world is that technology isn't actually innately sinful or righteous. Um, it's, it's, in fact, neutral. So whether it's a spade, whether it's an iPad, it can be used for good or ill, of course, but it actually doesn't contain a moral quality or a moral component itself. Uh, I've read some of your work, and you would seem to push back on that notion. What would you say to that idea, Dave? Yeah, I, I think it's important to understand that whilst maybe um, having a moral component might be a, a slightly different tweak on the on the understanding, I'd say that the technologies absolutely have a, a shaping impact, and they they are full of values. Um, some have even said they're they're value laden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they're not uh, neutral. You know, we, we just need to look at and think about, we'll take chat GPT, for example, right on the, the first page where you sign in, you, you, you may have, you probably noticed that it says that chat GPT is trained to decline inappropriate requests. Sure. I have seen that. Yeah. So that begs the question, well, what does inappropriate mean and who has decided for me in this instant um, what is appropriate and what's inappropriate so that it, it knows what to, to decline. The, the creators of the software have built in their own values or values that they think are appropriate for society into that piece of software so that when the users of that software engage with it, they are in, I guess, by by osmosis, by, by flow and effect, also trained that the same values, um, the same things are appropriate as the creators of GPT, and also the same things are inappropriate um, as the creators of, of ChatGPT. So I think that the starting point there is that we need to understand that as a piece of technology is created, it's created with a particular direction in mind. It's created um, for a particular um, output. You know, there's a there's an old saying. I'm not sure where it's, it's come from, but um, it says, you know, to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, as soon as you pick up that hammer, um, we're inclined to want to, you know, bash something with it, hit something with it. Um, everything starts to look like a nail. Um, I'd, I'd hate to do that in a class of um, year eight boys on a Friday afternoon, for example. Here, hand out a whole bunch of hammers. What could possibly Chaos. go wrong? Um, but we need to understand those those values are built in. Um, if we got a, how about we compare a um, a, a toothpick uh, with a gun? Um, both both pieces of technology, both designed with a, an output in mind, but you probably don't want to mix mix them up and get one confused with the other, um, it might not work so well. Um, so we need to understand the, the values that are, that are built in and the purpose for which um, each of those technologies have, have been created. I found it a fascinating space, Dave, looking into how 
people are able to engage with ChatGPT in such a way to find out where the limits are. Where, where is the sort of stop, caution, go no further sign? Yep. I saw a fascinating little back and forth that was posted on LinkedIn the other day. Someone asked ChatGPT, can you have a painting without a painter? And it said, no, of course not. The existence of a painting presupposes a painter. And they said, can you have creation without a creator? And they said, I'm sorry, I'm not equipped to answer such questions. These are complex <laughs> moral issues. You know, these sorts of things. So someone clearly has imbued this with a moral framework yep. and, and it itself does not have a moral framework. But as you said, it has been created with certain parameters mm. and we need to go in with our eyes open. We need to understand how the technology itself has been shaped. Absolutely. We also need to understand, though, Dave, how it's shaping us, right? All technology, it may be morally neutral, but it is in some ways formationally biased. So it's not necessarily good or bad, but it is going to shape us. There's an yeah. old quote flying around. I guess this is the episode for unattributed quotes. But there's an, old, there's an old quote flying around that says, we shape our tools and then our tools shape us. I can right? attribute that quote for you. That one's John Culkin. Okay, Beautiful. Well, yeah. that's one off the list. I'm afraid I can't attribute yours. So we've still we've still got one random quote flying around. We'll, we'll call it Mark Twain, since every, everyone everything gets attributed to Mark Twain. That's we can just credit that straight to his account. Yep, as Twain famously said. So we shape our tools, and then our tools shape us, right? And so we've got something. Whether you want to talk about um, social media like TikTok or Facebook mm. or Instagram, whether you want to talk about ChatGPT or even a calculator or something like an encyclopedia, uh, a, a funny story. I was buying myself an encyclopedia because I'd had a gut full of technology and I just wanted to get into the primary sources. Of course, no sooner had I done that was I, I found a quote by an old timer saying, um, effectively the exact same thing we say about social media. He was saying about the encyclopedia. He's saying no one's going to go and read proper sources anymore. This is going to give the uh, mental rot to the current generation. They're going to become lazy and weak. Um, so everyone all along the chain has understood that technology has the capacity to form us. And again, that's something we need to go in with our eyes open Otherwise, it's going to shape us in ways um, that are really significant without us realising. Tell yeah. me this, Dave. How do you think ChatGPT has the capacity? How will it change us as human beings? And what do we need to be wary of? So I think we, we need to be aware of, of how it's shaping us um, probably in a few ways. We need to, to be cautious against putting too much faith in the output of things like artificial intelligence. It's, it's really easy for um, us, particularly people like, like me who, who work in technology a lot, to start to put too much faith in the output of technology. Um, so as we start to use and engage with, with chat GPT, it's important that we, we don't look to it to necessarily solve our problems. Um, and I guess a, an example of that, not so much using ChatGPT that, that I've seen in schools is, you know, we often are very quick to want to use technology um, to solve human problems. Um, it might be, you know, little Johnny is having a, a problem with technology. Can we can we ban him from access to X Y Z for for a little while or, or whatever else that is? And and inevitably, it seems to me that whenever we try to solve a, a human problem, a problem of the heart, 
um, with a technology, um, it's bound to fail um, because we're actually missing the, the core and the root of the, the issue in the first place. It might be helpful and necessary in some, some ways to, to use technology as, a, as a, an aid to the solution, but let's not look at technology as the, the one that can, that can fix it. Um, obviously, there's, there's only one saviour, um, and, and that's, that's knowing Jesus Christ in our, in our heart um, and, and coming to, to these things with a, with a heart solution is, is always going to be better. So when we're looking at, at chat GPT, it's, it's important for us to realise that, that this isn't everything. It's, it's not going to be the thing that does our job for us. It's not going to, to be the one that, that, that fantastically and, and miraculously um, helps um, students um, change or develop or move or whatever it is. It's, let's, let's keep a, a good framework around it and understand that this is something that, that can be really helpful, um, but we need to use it understanding those shaping impacts. We need to use it understanding um, the the. I guess inherent bias that that it already has um, built into it. And you've touched on something fantastic there, Dave. Some of the big worldview questions that everyone is asking and answering: uh, what's gone wrong, and how do we fix it? And mm. you do get the feeling for a lot of people out there: if they were to say what's gone wrong, they would say, "Well, we're too primitive." And how do we fix that? Well, we fix it with technology. Almost all of our problems can be tied back to not having the sufficient technological solutions for this thing, but don't worry. We'll be saved sometime soon. In fact, it might be our salvation may be nearer at hand than we first thought. And, of course, that's every bit the religious impulse that we see in Christianity as well. Mm. Although in, in Christ we actually have a powerful saviour, we look back and we see with technology if people are putting the full weight of their salvation on that, well, it's just failed time and time and time again. And so that's a great call from yourself there to be diligent in the way we think about it and not imbue it with too much hope. Uh, it does stand to profit us in many different ways, but in the most central ways, well, it, it simply cannot live up to our uh, yeah. deepest expectations. Now, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got one question for you here before we get into some practical material. And this, this is controversial, Dave. So you might, I hope you don't find yourself in any hot water here. I'll However, strap in. Uh, here we go. All right. I've, uh, I'm sitting loose in the saddle. I've got a good sense of humor. Let's see how we go. So the education department in nearly every state of Australia has banned ChatGPT. What do you think uh, of that? Do you think it's a good idea? Uh, and what might the strengths or weaknesses be of that particular move? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a short-term response. I, I hope it's a short-term response. Um, we, we're, oh, there's this, this new thing that's come up at the, at the beginning of the year. What are we going to do? I know. Let's ban it. Let's block it. Um, that way we'll be able to ignore it, potentially go back to our um, head in the sand analogy that we spoke about right at the, at the, at the start of the conversation. Um, but I think at, at, at very best, it's, it's a short-term response. Um, I hope it's, it's there just to give a little bit of time to, to think about it uh, because there, there's been a whole heap of new technologies and new initiatives in education over an incredibly long period of time. Um, you know, ballpoint pens, chalkboards, whiteboards, interactive panels, laptops, 
laptops, iPads, you name it. In their infancy, I, I, I think I understand that nearly all of those have had some pushback against them. Some, you know, I, I remember, you know, folklore about the ballpoint pens and uh, people won't ever know how to you know trim their nib properly on their on their ink pen <laughs> you know let's put that one to mark twain as well or something who knows um but there's there's that idea that you know something is lost and it's really important to understand when the new technology is is coming in we do need to think about well what what is it that we might lose what cultural artifact is there right now that we might lose through the adoption of this technology. So that's a really important thing to, to think about. But I, I think, and, you know, you just need to look um, online at the moment. There's 11 million blogs um, from, from fantastic educators about how they can use, teachers can use ChatGPT well in the classroom, mm. that, that the, it, it, it makes the, 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 the quick blockers um, look a little bit knee-jerk at, at best, I think. Um, yeah, so I, I hope that the, the state and territories will will use this to, to buy a little bit of time, do some teacher training and help and support teachers because it's important that we don't just say to teachers, you know, here we, here you go, there's this new thing, off you go, you, you'll be good, you'll be right, um, do it the Aussie way, um, have, a, have a crack. Um, it's important that we do give them the, the support and time that's necessary, um, but I, I hope that um, I hope that um, our schools in particular would would look at that in a in a holistic way and say, okay, well, how are we going to to respond to this? It, it does require a response. You know, AI is not going anywhere. Um, this is you know, potentially probably the the tip of the iceberg. We might not even know what chat gpt or remember it in 18 24 months time who who knows what the trajectory of this this thing might look like um but i think it's pretty clear that it's here to stay particularly the way big players uh, are now engaged you know microsoft was you know well behind chat gpt for a long time mm -hmm. before any of us knew about it um you know google have got their their own flavor it's it's not going away um, and it's it's going to to be around in a way that we we really don't understand what that looks like right now. Well, that's really helpful advice there to the state and territory governments that perhaps it's only a temporary measure. Well, let's hope they're able to have some people around giving them counsel like that because, yeah, it's not a long-term solution, is it? Absolutely not a long-term solution. Right. And as we've said, it would be a symptom of being unwilling to learn which is the very thing that they're trying to counsel their students out of. They're trying to get their students to learn. We certainly hope that the state and territory departments of education are going to learn themselves because I firmly believe that there will be a positive payload for students. I believe ChatGPT and other similar artificial intelligence uh, mechanisms, I, I think they're great for students. Of course, we have to be wise. But as Christians, we have a great head start in being wise because we can think about things in light of God's revelation and we have God's spirit guiding us through the way. Yep. Now, let's think here. You have previously done some writing, and I'll link to your article in the show notes of this podcast. But you've written an article about ChatGPT, uh, and you've actually included some really helpful, practical steps there, Dave. So as we as we enter the final straight of our discussion here, can you give us a couple of 
basic practical steps that educators and schools can use to try and wrap their head around this thing and try and use it in a way that's going to benefit students? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, it's, it's important for, for teachers to get in there and, and to have a look and to understand what it looks like. But once you do that, you can look at it and go, oh, crikey, what do I do with it now? What, where does it actually fit um, in the classroom? And, and look, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that there's, there's many, many, many great thinkers out there um, online with plenty of blogs um, that have got some, some excellent ideas um, I've got a, a, a few of them them here that we'll, we'll chat through, but I, I'd encourage um, listeners to, to just go and have a look. Google chat GPT in the classroom and be, you know, put your seatbelt on, um, be prepared to be blown away by some of the fantastic ideas there are um, out there. One of the most important things I, I think that we need to help students understand with chat GPT is the importance of the the prompt itself. So the importance of the wording that I use when I'm asking chat GPT to do something. Um, It's that old garbage in, garbage out kind of scenario. If you put a a, a simple request in, it will give you a, a pretty simple answer. Ah, friends, what an irony it is. In this conversation, we're talking about digital technology and the technology has failed us. We lost the end of our conversation. You know, some things we're only going to find out in heaven and the end of this discussion is one of them. Still, I hope you benefited richly from this discussion and if you want to hear more on this topic on AI and ChatGPT, make sure you let me know. You can get onto me on LinkedIn or Twitter. My links are in the show notes and I'm always talking about this stuff over there.